0: Hello and welcome to Get Wrecked, our kind of side series here on Play Along podcast. Uh, what we do is one of us from Play Along will be joined by another guest. Each of us will recommend a game to one another, and then we'll just chat about those two games. Uh, I'm Jared here today, and I am joined with one half of Gaming Together Blocker podcast. It's Nate.
1: Nate, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing? Um I'm, uh, I'm on Death's Door, not to be confused Ooh. with Death's Door, the indie game that just Death came Store out on Game Re- Pass. I was like it releases on Game Pass today. <laughs> yeah, Philip made that joke yesterday when we were recording and I laughed pretty hard, so I wanted to share. It's not as funny whenever it's coming from me, but
0: I, I appreciate it. It's still it's still the melancholy tone really delivers the, the Death's Door uh Yeah, I was really
1: <laughs> I was really passionate about that joke when yeah, I said yeah, it. I could I could tell, I could tell. But yeah, how Howard, how are you doing? Uh, I'm drinking Sprite because nice. I don't have any cold water right now. So, Oof. I mean, I have cold water. It's just that I like freezing balls cold water. So oh. I, I, I have a, I'm a weirdo that puts a pitcher of water in my fridge and I didn't refill it. So now it, there's just lukewarm. It's so cold on your teeth, though. I can't,
0: my, my wife has a thing, too, where she has to have like half cold and half warm because if it's anything like... Cold, or she's like, I won't drink it. It's too... I can't do it. It's too cold in my teeth. And it's like, I feel you. I'm in the same way.
1: I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I have... I've always had sensitive teeth, too, but not when drinking stuff. Mm. Like, like, if there's... Like, I don't have ice in anything. I will drink room-temperature whiskey, just straight, rather than have ice in my fucking whiskey. I don't like ice in anything, because
0: I... I will like gradually like drink something, and I will just like water it down because I'll wait so long that it'll just melt. And yeah. then, like, if I have a soda or whatever, it'll just water down whatever I'm drinking.
1: Especially if you're at a bar, you get something on the rocks; oh, yeah. it's immediately watered down. Like I, it
0: doesn't taste good. These are the tangents you can expect from us because with both of us together, we're <laughs> we're
1: going to derail this every single time. Where we seem to be the best at that. This, the most serious possible games we could have picked for each other, and right, we haven't talked about it yet at all.
0: Yeah. Well, before we start, Nave, tell us a little bit about your show and kind of what it's about. I mean, the title
1: is fantastic because it really lays it out there what you guys are doing. But yeah, tell us about your show. Yeah, gaming together. Uh, we try to play as many co op games as we can. Uh, a lot of times we don't talk about co op games. We just kind of <laughs> like this this episode of this show right now. Up to this point, that's a pretty good indictment of what our show is like um especially since i'm like the worst (laughs) offender so (laughs) but uh yeah we talk about co-op games uh most recently i think i don't remember what our most recent episode was but by the time this comes out our stardew episode will be out we'll we'll be talking about stardew valley and um yeah i was not i was not sure how much i'd like the game and i ended up really loving it so it ended up becoming like a a habitual thing every night we just started yeah. playing stardew together
0: i was i have not a huge fan of like the farming simulator genre and then someone is like okay well uh, just try stardew like you'll like stardew and i was like okay like begrudgingly i tried it out. i was like wow this is this is good." it just has so many like rpg kind of mechanics to it too with like relationship building and like the the case yeah. system and i was like okay i can get behind a lot of this
1: What was more interesting to me was the co-op stuff because yeah you can you can just like all right gang let's split up and search for clues and like (laughs) philip was just all about the farm his wife was just all about fishing and i was just kind of floating between doing uh relationship tasks and then doing the mines Mm -hmm. and so we all had like different sections of the farm getting built up at once and so by the time we were done with our first year we were like way ahead of when philip thought he was thought we were going to be at, like he thought we were going to need to play like three years to get to the point where we are now. That's you know, I that's like, crazy. No. I'd even
0: think about that because I mean, with Stardew Valley, you're limited to like what you can do with one person. But if you have multiple people, kind of like divide and conquering tasks, you can get so much yeah. done so much quicker. That's wild. I need to do that.
1: Yeah, Jana was like hyper inflating. <laughs> like we were <laughs> going through inflation because she was getting us so much money at the beginning when we had barely any crops. Well, that's like, the problem with
0: that game, too, is is early money stuff is hard to hard to really get on, especially if you're playing by yourself.
1: That was the joke in summer, like the second season. We yeah. were like, remember when money was something we worried about? <laughs> like, <laughs> because we were just we were just filthy rich. And I just rolling in money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. OK. So uh,
0: where should we start? We both recommended games to each other. Both are very uh, emotional. They're very deep (laughs) conversations. Uh, So we'll start with with the game that you recommended me, Nave. You recommended me Spec Ops The Line. If you don't know what Spec Ops The Line is, it is a third-person shooter. It came out in 2012, I believe. Yeah, developed by a German studio called Jaeger Development published by 2K. Uh, so why why did you recommend me this game, Nave? What was special about Spec Ops that you wanted me to play it?
1: Well, one huge thing about Spec Ops is that I I'm basically a um, w- what is it called? The people that come to your door and the Jehovah's Witness. The Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> yeah, for Spec Ops the line. Every time somebody asks me to recommend them a game and I know they have an ex- they, I know they have access to an Xbox 1 or a PC, because it, it is backwards compatible on the Xbox ecosystem um, I always just throw it out there I'm like have you ever heard of this game because most people yeah. most likely uh, it's going to be yes I love it it's like up there with Bioshock and all of those games that you know the the games as literature games mm-hmm. you know it's it's up there with them and or you absolutely have it because it looks on the surface like a mediocre uh, muddy 2012. Yeah. <laughs> military shooter which is you know it's it's trying to do that and it's also right. why it's 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 why it's so good right it's that very, it's very brown think.
0: lots of browns very like xbox 360 palette color <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah i mean this game i had heard about it a little bit i've heard people rave about it here and there i really had no knowledge of this game prior to playing it uh i just know it was popular because even looking at like the second had a market for this game like this game like, a used copy for this game on, like, eBay was going for, like, upwards of $100 or so. Like, it was wild <laughs> when I was looking at getting it. And I was like, this is insane. Like, what is? And, like, the more I looked into this game and kind of the reception, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to play this. And after you recommended it, I was like, okay, cool. Like, let, let's, let's jump on this. Um, I mean, early on, like, first impressions, like you said, it looks very generic, it's like, yeah. like what the first couple like missions or levels, I was like, this is just a worse Gears of War. This is a less interesting Gears of War because I feel like the gameplay is is very similar to that in the sense that it's like that yeah. over-the-shoulder third person cover shooter. Um and then the story was very like cut and dry. It was like military guys going in and killing people in Dubai and Middle East and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this is just gonna be like one of those. Military shoot. That was definitely my first impression. You're like, uh, damn
1: it, Navy, you tricked me. <laughs> like, you
0: tricked me into playing an awful game.
1: No, no. no. And it's not like,
0: I don't know. I, when I, I watched a video about it and what they described it as is like an interesting game that's not fun. <laughs> like like, yeah. game, like gameplay wise, like what they're, the story they're trying to tell and the twists and turns that come to the end of the game is incredibly interesting. But like the in between is very akin to normal military shooters like characters are spawning in very the you know places that are very um oh god what's the word i'm looking for uh predictable there you go very predictable like spawn locations and like the the gunplay isn't like anything extravagant or or anything that we haven't seen different but i think that's kind of the it's more of a commentary on that you know and i and kind of going through that and going through the game i was like oh wow like this is this is wild. It was a wild experience. it was a wild roller coaster of emotions.
1: <laughs> and then the left turn <laughs> where oh you think God. we're going right we're going left. There is listener, if you haven't I beg of you, I plead with you, go play this game. It's on Steam, it's on Xbox.
0: Well, yeah, cuz we're I... going to get into all of it. We're going to get into all the weeds of it. So you go play it first and then come back and finish listening to this or at least this watch This like, is one video of the it.
1: This is one of the few games where you absolutely rob yourself if you know what's happening before. Yeah. You cannot experience this game in in like a, with virgin eyes <laughs> with if you <laughs> oh, absolutely. If you uh, expose yourself to anything, don't even don't google things because things are going like the left turn we're talking about that's going to be the first thing that pops up. It's going to be like oh, look yeah. at these people reacting to this part and oh, yeah, because 100%. it's so serious yeah all yeah. right so willie pete willie what did pete. you think what was <sighs> going through your head oh man i don't know like
0: uh, all of the characters too and not just him specifically they again initially in the beginning of the game they're all so i wouldn't say they're so dry because the main character conrad conrad uh conrad is
1: the the antagonist um uh walker is the main character
0: walker 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 uh he's voiced by nolan north which does a fantastic job he has a fantastic delivery in this game um but they all just come off in the beginning as bland like they're all just like bland military dudes just doing their thing and everything like that old bad Um, company style yeah exactly well even like with that i mean like i remember battlefield bad company 2 those characters had so much like emotion to them and they like made jokes oh, and yeah. forth and everything like that i remember they're being really compelling but like at least in the beginning these ones just like i didn't really grasp onto any of the characters right away aside from like obviously walker being Noel north
1: i was like hey i recognize that <laughs> i've heard that before <laughs> speaking of the voice actors i'm not i can't put a pin on everyone's voices but yeah. there's not a single bad voice actor in this game especially no, in the primary good. roles like i don't know what they're like artistic direction was but they absolutely fucking nailed it like Mm -hmm. they crushed it especially if you well this is something coming from someone who's played the game like eight or nine times now for like multiple different people Mm -hmm. where as the game goes on these characters obviously become kind of deranged and like yeah and they're freaking out they're wigging out and it's it, it's portrayed in their voice, it's portrayed in their dialogue, it's portrayed in even animations. The way that they reload the gun is a lot more, the way that Walker reloads the gun is like barbaric at the end of the game. If you oh, ever yeah. executed someone at the end, he's literally like ripping their throats out and calling them stupid pieces of shit. At the very beginning, he's like knife to the neck. He's like tango down. You know what I mean? You make yeah. a call out, you're like you're like uh, uh, two enemies over there, and, but if you make a call out at the end of the game, he's like, kill those motherfuckers! Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, this I mean, it's so cool when you see him side by side like yeah you, this the, is a good game to watch like video essays on there's there's a million of them oh yeah i started watching a ton after i'd
0: finished it and i was like i need someone to explain all of this all the things that i've missed but the big thing with this is kind of like and I, and you'll start to give this as the game goes through is like the effects of post-traumatic stress and you see that with exactly what you're talking about like walker in the beginning is very put together he's very he's the, he has the leadership role and he fits that to a T. and not only does his like demeanor change as the game progresses but physically he does too like you see him like look battered and deranged and just damaged by the end of the game. And that comes in his dialogue with the other two soldiers he's with and his like you said, his executions and everything. Like he just starts beating people over and over again. Even after they're like clearly dead and clearly like yeah. gone. He's just like beating with the end of his gun and it's it's wild to see that uh that progression with him.
1: One of my favorite things is in his eyes. Like if you yeah. look at the cutscenes, um <laughs> especially in the Willy P instant i'll yeah. call it um it uh, his eyes become like fractured o- glass orbs basically mm-hmm. and, and when you watch the very end when he confronts conrad you mm-hmm. you, you can barely tell he has eyeballs it's yeah. his eyes look like broken shards of glass because he's such a broken man and it's oh yeah yeah he's a, he's a broken dude every single thing they could have done Just wove into this one concentrated Mm. narrative of this guy is not good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, 100%.
0: Delta Force, which is your squad, is going in to for to uh, evacuate sh- soldiers that were pinned down in Dubai. And that's that's really all you're told in the very beginning. You and your two other squad mates are going in and there's obviously Dubai's in. It's almost like a post apocalyptic kind of setting because Dubai is just destroyed. Like this beautiful city of which it was is just like in shambles at this point.
1: Yeah, it's um, a, a, an enormous sandstorm like a a brutal one that it's like taking down skyscrapers and like obliterating dozens of floors out of buildings and stuff yeah it's it's crazy i think this game was banned in whatever country dubai is in because of that
0: yep yep exactly yeah they they didn't take kindly to that that's that's fair i understand (laughs) i mean the fact that like this game got greenlit in general is just like okay cool because it's it's wild i mean the biggest scene and the biggest thing that that hooked me or that piqued my interest as i was going through this game and again we're gonna be talking about all the spoilers in this game so just letting you know is with the white phosphorus that is the first big emotional story hook that got me because walker is going in and he's very determined to save these soldiers or save these um god what's the word i'm looking for the refugees and he's going yeah. in and he sees the encampment and he's like okay well we, let's let's take him out he sees like the white phosphorus there and you see the like re- not regret but you see the resistance from his, his squad saying like yo bro we've seen what this can do to people and <laughs> still like launching it off and going to the whole uh kind of gameplay of shooting the white phosphorus throughout this camp and then going in and realizing that they were actually helping refugees and then there was a ton of refugees that you just completely murdered and it was like I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like there's a shot where a woman's like holding her child, and she's just completely like seared from the white phosphorus. And I was like, oh, okay, this is this is what this
1: game's about. I see. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Did you notice at the end uh, Conrad was painting that yep. painting that exact it, scene, the exact same scene? Yep. I was like, oh, oh, I, got son so, I got some. Son things of to talk about. <laughs> I got some. Got some things to talk about with that, but um, yeah, the uh, the Willie Pete scene is yeah amazing, and one of the biggest things is because one of the hugest tropes was the ac 130 screen that you get whenever yeah. you pull up that thing like that was a huge trope in uh, oh, like call, call of duty battlefield, battlefield yeah, 100%. everything it was a huge military shooter trope and it was always the very first time i ever saw it i think was it was in modern warfare 2 or is it modern mm. warfare 1. well the first time i ever got yeah. one of those campaign missions it was actually a little scary to me i was Ooh. like I, I was watching this and I'd never seen this before, but that's essentially exactly what it looks like. Yeah. When when you're in control of the guns of one of those planes, and it's like, how terrifying is that? Those they're just little yeah. dots running around, and you're just like, boop, boom, they're gone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the extinguishing, uh, the extinguishment of human life with just a tiny, they're tiny little dots just running around just, like just ants, and around. it's like, yeah. That the, this game takes that gameplay where you use you use the almighty ac-130 to feel powerful and instead shoves your nose in it like you're a fucking bad dog and That's makes right. you walk <laughs> through the white walk. phosphorus after you do it after yeah. you do the attack and it's,
0: it's not just you're going and you're mowing down these towns of people and then you're moving on like in the traditional military shooter but afterwards you're walking through the scene and walking through the decisions that you just made as the leader of this group, you made the decision to do this and you can see the outcome of that decision with people that are dead and people that aren't dead, but are suffering from the effects of the white phosphorus, which is just, it is, it is insane. Yeah. Cause like I said, this game presents itself as very standard. Like the very first mission when you get in is like, you're sitting in the side of a helicopter and you're mowing down like hundreds of helicopters as you fly through the city of Dubai. And it's like, okay, like this is one of those. Yeah unrealistic military shooters and kinda of like but as you go through it kind of changes your mentality of that the more and more you you go through this and it kind of shapes it in the form of being like, Oh, this is this is real shit. That's <laughs> that's happening. <now.
1: laughs> yeah. It's it's really it's it's really brutal, especially yeah. when I go back and I just like watch reactions to that white phosphorus scene. Just how people are like, Yeah, die, die. Killing people with the white phosphorus. And then as they walk through, they're like Ah, uh, you know, I don't really feel so cool anymore. Yeah, this yeah. is this. I thought this was gonna be cool, but this isn't cool. And then at the end, it's like, oh, all right. Which apparently there was a huge controversy with um. I mean, not controversy, but there's a schism with people where you because you you can take that White uh like rampage you go on. You could take that kind of slowly if you want to, like yeah. pick your targets, kind of analyze what's going on, and whenever you get to that last spot you when you you can see all the civilians there and they are oh, clearly man. not like all the other people you could see they kind of had like they were kind of military dudes they kind of had gun outlines yeah, and stuff yeah, they yeah. were like aiming at you but all of these other people were crowded around each other like huddling and hiding and you could tell I didn't even they see weren't that. moving easy well, I didn't either because a, what, a lot of people were just following the squares. And that yeah. was the one of the things that stuck with me the most is just how robotic I became when that screen flipped up, like how naturally that came to me with, with just like, oh, just shoot the square, shoot the square, shoot the square, just blow up the big hive, blow up the big hives of people. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the, I didn't even think about the implications of the video game mechanic because as a video game, nothing real is happening. Right. right. But once like the game starts yelling at you for something it told you to do, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you, you genuinely feel sick. Like, if you have... Uh, that's kind of hardcore. I was going to say, if you have empathy, you feel sick. <laughs> There's a chance you didn't. But, I mean... yeah. What I was going to say, though, is the schism is that you there were people who noticed that and just refused to shoot there. Mm. And there is a Humvee, like, way down the line that if you shoot, it will... Uh, like yeah. chain reaction and kill all of the yeah. people and they those people would feel really cheated and that's a crucial part of the story so it really were like I was saying before if you listen this far that it, it's spoiled then you're gonna be in this camp unfortunately now yeah but uh, that will not be impactful to you if you see through the veil of that yeah. it has to be a gut punch uh
0: surprise to yeah. you and I mean like w- w- people like us that are very into like the video game world and have played many games like this where we're mowing down you know, other, our enemies or whatever. And they're just, you know, computers in the video game. Like well, I was playing with this with my wife. She's like, this is really violent. Like I, this is like giving me a little bit of anxiety just sitting here, like watching you play this game. And I was like, yeah. And like you we were saying what this game does more than anything, it's a commentary. It's like, yes, this is a video game. Yeah, you're mowing down imaginary people. But for a second, put yourself in the shoes of this individual, of Walker. And imagine that you had to make this call. You made the call to to put this white phosphorus out and to to destroy all these people. And now look what you've done. These people were helping. These people were those kind of you you don't get to redo those kind of things. Cause shit like that happens in the real life. You know, events like this have have happened in the past where whether it's nuclear explosion or whether it's white phosphorus, where we're just like, oh yeah, that's probably we shouldn't probably have done that. And we see the effects of those decisions and it, it messes with you. And from that point on, in Walker, he changes. You see him changing mentally where he's having like physical visions of things that are happening to him or he's physically changing as well.
1: I think the most important character defining moment of the whole game is during that white foster scene. Surprise, during the most important scene. Absol- absolutely. But, um, you see where you see how the, how everyone succumbs to that that horror that they just you know inflicted on these people because white phosphorus says a it, there's a reason why it's banned it's like a horrible mm-hmm. horrible horrible way to die and um like you see uh you see lugo freaking out you know screaming he's like you made us killers you made us killers because it was walker's yeah, idea was decision yeah and um uh adams is like trying to like defend walker he's like come on man you know we didn't have a choice there's a million people between us and the gate you know because that's what they think they have to do right and then walker's sitting there listening to them like rick you made us killers you made us killers staring at that mother holding the child right and he immediately the first thing that comes out of his mouth after he says we need to move he immediately deflects all of the blame onto this oh yeah he's like these people person. did it
0: yeah these people did it he's like we got it now he's like pissed off at them like they made him do this like the reason why all these people are dead is not because of the decision that he's made but instead the enemies that he came here to i mean not really kill because he came here to extract U.S. soldiers but these are the people that did this and he now it's like let's go after them let's get revenge for what they did completely deflects any kind of responsibility that he was the one that made this decision
1: it's fucking poetic and it's it's so scary it's yeah. it's like it's like staring right into the abyss, which is like a huge por- part of this game. And also the other game we talk about a lot of darkness <laughs> happening. Yes. Um, but uh, that the second time I played through that, that was what stuck with me. Like more than anything was mm-hmm. how he reacted to that. And it's like, in your own shoes, how would you react to that? Like, would you be able to, like, live with yourself if you didn't have some scapegoat to just, like, push it off onto for as long as humanly possible? Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a huge burden. And obviously it is because this whole game is wrapped around this traumatic event Mm -hmm. that that he's basically going through his own personal hell trying to, like, justify to himself, which he obviously can't. Right, and that comes into the gameplay
0: specifically because you'll get to a point, like I was saying before, where uh, Walker starts having these like real-life visions, like the post-traumatic stress is starting to get to him, where he'll be in a world that looks like hell. It's like a red, dystopian, like fires burning all around him. He's experiencing hell in himself as we continue through this game. Yeah, like physical and metaphysical. It's yeah. pretty cool. It was interesting because I was looking at a, like a video and they're talking about because towards the end of the uh, game, like I said, Walker physically starts to change and you see the side of his face just kind of destroyed and it kind of has this like idea of him like changing personalities like he had these two split personalities in him and like there's like he almost two face like the character two face and he started to shift into this more darker side of himself, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Or maybe that was there all along. Or maybe that was there from the beginning. You see, uh, you know, did you notice the uh, cut or the uh, loading screens start to talk to you? Yeah. Where it's like, this is all your fault. Oh, yeah. Uh, like How that, many Americans
0: like, have you killed today? I was like, oh, shit. And the one where, like, the, there's, like, all the people just hanging. And I was like, Jesus
1: Christ. God, there's a lot of hanging people in this. I. Um, I have uh, I have two in particular that I've always thought about. Well, there's a lot that I always think about. It's like <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't, if you were a good person, you wouldn't be here. And I'm just like, ah, oh. <laughs> you know. But there's one that I'm says, here. the one that says, "To kill, to kill for yourself is murder. To kill for your government is heroic. To kill for entertainment is harmless." Who do you think that's talking to? it's It's talking to the player (laughs) that's what's
0: interesting is the game almost directly like is talking to you as you're playing through this game like it's it's saying things to you as the individual experiencing these things
1: and with this next one this is this is exactly how you know i'm not just making this shit up it says the u.s military does not condone the killing of unarmed combatants but this isn't real so why should you care Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who the fuck
0: <laughs> is that loading screen talking to? Putting people in their place. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because this game does a cool thing with decision making that I hadn't, I not really seen before. And a lot of games is very, it's very, you know, A or B but and then that's very clear whether it's like a dialogue option or whether it's like a path that you're going down but it yeah. it brings you into situations where you literally have choice and the game will kind of not necessarily adapt but it'll take into account your decisions one of the big ones is kind of you come to a clearing and there's two individuals that are hanging one of them is hanging because they had stolen water. You're in the desert. This, the sandstorm is ravaging, and water is kind of a – it's almost like gold. It's this, it's resource that people are holding on to. And then there's a soldier that killed his family for stealing the water, and your your decision is you have to choose which one of them to execute. Um, I it, it, It's interesting, but I was watching a video, and it's like y- – there's not just a and B like I wouldn't shot the, the snipers that are at the top. And that kind of changes. I mean, they end up shooting one of the guys anyways, but it's like the game takes into account. Like there's not just a and B, but maybe a B C and D. And even though if those things aren't directly involved, the player is taking in the environment and making the decisions for that. And the game kind of accounts for that, which I thought was super cool.
1: So uh, whenever Lugo died, did you shoot the crowd? What? No, I shot into the air and the crowd like dispersed. You bet your ass I shot the crowd.
0: (laughs) I got to bench my boy Lugo. I got (laughs) to bench my boy Lugo. Only a little bit. Only a few. But it's almost like, again, it's almost like, like Walker in that feels bad because Lugo has been telling him this whole time that he's making the wrong decisions. Like Lugo's been the kind of push in Walker's kind of mentality of like, dude, we're fucking up here are, are we doing the right thing like is this the right thing to do and it's almost like when Walker dies again I mean when uh, Lugo dies it's almost like he's blaming now these individuals around like you did this to Lugo he, he was yeah. hanging there and they, he did die because of that but again taking the blame away Walker could have could have walked away at any point in this but he continues to press on for like the sense of revenge or like I need to hurt these people that are doing these bad things when in reality he's the one that's been doing it mm-hmm. conrad conrad i'm trying to find he has I, I watched the video on it i don't know if you remember the end quote but there's an end quote where again he directly like addresses the player and i'm trying to remember it's when he's painting oh. I'm trying to remember the quote and i can't remember it and i'm trying to look it up talking about a. you're here because you want to be something you're not yep a hero, a hero, and that's not that's not to Walker. That's that's to, to the people playing because that's what we're doing. It's a sense of escapism. We have this sense of wanting to be like a grand hero. We have we play games that have a hero's journey to kind of make us feel better. And Conrad just is just like, "You're not a hero. Look at all the shit you just did. Like you're not a hero at all."
1: Literally in that same conversation, that very short conversation, they also say, "I'm through playing games. We're not games, escaping reality. reality. Yep. Yeah, it's fucking." Like oh god it's so it is such a great way to end the show and the show <laughs> <laughs> goodbye guys the, the show is, the show is over um yeah
0: oh, it, like, like i said the the quote that someone said where this is a like an interesting game that's not fun it almost hits the nail on the head of how i felt like the the gameplay like going through the gameplay is like fine like as you're going through this but after i hit like the white phosphorus level and i after i started seeing the effects of uh what was happening walker's decision on his mentality and on his crew around him i I was more interested in that i was like what's i want to know more about this story going through a gameplay was fine but that is what hooked me was this this narrative that they started weaving again they like ripped the rug from under my feet and I was like, oh, well, I want to see kind of what else they do. And then going into the end with Conrad and everything, Conrad
1: not even being there—like he he was never there yeah. in the first place. Um. Oh, all right. <laughs> God, I gotta. Um, I would much I would much rather con- uh, classify this game as like a as a psychological horror game That's that yeah. I want people to think is a third person shooter going in you know what i mean that way they get the full experience obviously everyone listening is going to know now but um (laughs) hopefully most people have heard it which uh, like most people played if if you've played the game then you've probably heard what we're talking about (laughs) because this is this is one of the most discussed games uh, like that you could find on the internet it's it's so uh, not even divisive really it's just so dissected and it's so interesting endlessly interesting but like you said, it's like, if you
0: know these things going in, it's different from other game spoilers, because I mean, whatever, there's an ending to a certain game that you get spoiled on. But with this specifically, the whole draw to this is the the 180 they spit on you. It's the fact that you, you go in and it's like, cool, this is an Xbox 360 game and there's lots of browns. I'm going to be shooting things. And that's that's the mentality I went into. And I and they, they almost purposely make you think like this is a boring game in the beginning and they're like oh wait but we we have this thing that we want to talk about and they show you it and then you're like oh shit like this is real and those moments of of true humanity like you can see like you were saying nave with the voice acting i think the voice acting also drives these characters into being feeling more real and then as you're portraying these characters as the player you start to relate a lot with how they're feeling and being the one directly almost making the decisions you feel almost responsible for them too
1: yeah it's it's very intense and uh, well, okay, well, at the very end, yes, what decision did you end up making? So there
0: is this scene where again he, he walker's like freaking it out at this point. he's having another one of his like like illusions or visions or whatever, and you see uh Conrad as an individual, and then you see kind of yourself and you have a gun. And I noticed that you can put the gun to yourself or you can put the gun to Conrad. I ended up shooting Conrad. Um, and then the second decision after that is you what you do, which is interesting, is you kind of redo the helicopter scene from the very beginning, which I thought was interesting. That's one of one of the things the walker was like, oh, like, I, we're, we're, I'm living this again. We've already done this. Um but a rescue team comes and finds you. And Walker looks very different than what he looked like when we saw him in the game before he had a big beard and everything. And he has a gun. And as these soldiers come up to you, you're presented with the decision is you can kill these soldiers or you can put the gun down and resist. And I end up, I couldn't, I couldn't do any more killing. I was like, I <laughs> I'm done. I put the gun down. I want to see the other ending though. Or if you if you did that, I'm so curious to hear
1: that then. Cause I want to see kind of the opposite. Um, well, there's, ending. there's a handful of things that can happen. Okay. Um, what happened to me was um, I froze up at the end, and oh, Conrad shot me. I couldn't oh, make a decision, and uh, I I was so fucking frozen and shocked that I as this as the credits started, which is the same as the suicide. It's the same ending, but oh, okay, um, okay. I just sat there and just had tears in my eyes. I didn't know what the I was so gut punched by this game, yeah, multiple times, and that ending was so not happy <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> no not at all i
0: not a point in my life did i think as i was playing through this i think this game was going to end well i was like there's no way this this game is not going to end well at all
1: um which uh your ending's probably the happy ending then the other endings are you know you shoot conrad and then you go on a killing spree and you kill everyone and then mm. you can go on a killing spree and then die like in the in the firefight you know yeah. in which case you die on the floor or you kill everyone and you're just like i can't leave dubai or something like that it's not a very good that one's not a very good ending they just left it in there because it's like what if someone wanted to shoot them (laughs) oh okay well i guess we can let them do that because they like you said they let you have these choices Mm. so the way that they made these choices is that they thought they got in the player headspace and went how would i want to react in this situation rather than have a and b and then they give you option c but right um. Now I kind of want to get into the, like the the conspiracy of oh, Walker is
0: dead. Oh, like the entire time, or did he like die in like the, hel- the helicopter crash or something?
1: Walker is dead in the initial helicopter crash. Oh, okay, gotcha.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, and this the... is, this is as hell essentially. Uh yes, and the main reason why is because um the deve- the, the 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 writers of the game have canonically said that. Every time Walker is hallucinating, the screen or the cutscene will fade to white. I where every time that, yeah. a real event is happening, the cutscene will fade to black. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you got your ending, guess which color it faded? Into white. It faded white. Yeah. Whenever you left Dubai, it fades white. Well, what you what you what you could gather from that? Because the last lines of the whole game come from Walker, when a guy asks how he survived all that, and he says, "Who says I did?" And then it yep. fades to white. Mm-hmm. So you can assume that he was supposed to die in Dubai. But another thing is, one of the biggest uh, reasons why I think this like conspiracy is, tr- is true, even though it kind of makes the story feel a little worse, is. Yeah. At the very beginning of the game, uh, whenever you turn on the loading screen, which is fucking awesome, it's got like a ripped up, upside down American flag. It also and also changes as the... you go
0: through the game too, like the screen changes oh, yeah. a bit.
1: That, that's important to what I was going to say. Uh, but it, it's also got the Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner playing in the fucking yeah. background. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. God, it's so awesome. But uh, the soundtrack's so good in this game. It really, but, it really is. Um, uh, the very first title screen remains that way until you beat the very first uh what is it the turret section when you're in the chopper and then mm. as soon as you finish that and then you crash the chopper for the first time mm-hmm. uh it, it switches to the next title screen well in that first title screen you can hear the helicopter blades mm-hmm. like that it's like going in slow motion mm-hmm. obviously foreshadowing the helicopter crash right right well right. those those helicopter blades are never heard from again until after you complete the second turret sequence. Then they're in every single title screen afterwards. You always hear that helicopter. That's crazy. Um, another thing is, uh, what is it? Um, this might just be a little Easter egg or just a little foreshadowing thing, but about before the Willie Pete section, um, you find a giant memorial in this building of a bunch of soldiers with a bunch of dog tags and stuff yep, and yep. if you look on the first slab you see lugo and adams on that slab oh, really? among the dead yeah oh. um and then as soon as you That's leave so cool. that place uh whenever you rappel down the rope uh everyone has a reflection in the glass in front of you except lugo who has a hanging man there Dude, that's insane. it's fucking really cool that's wild those subtle little hints are crazy um another thing is i'm about to drop a bombshell on you at the end of this by the way but yeah, um an, another thing is uh you know that big highway with all the hanging people yeah kind of weird how those that's what those really tall light poles how they get all those hanging dudes up there well you see though you see those light poles from forever like through the whole mat uh, match through the whole like level basically and then the only time there's dead bodies is when you get right up on them and then all of a sudden they have bodies all over the place and your characters oh, are like, wow, this is horrible. You know? And, um, the very last thing that I can think of off the top of my head is, uh, do you have steam pulled up right now? I don't, but I can <laughs> you pull up steam real quick. Okay. Let's see here. I just want you to go to the spec ops, the line, uh, steam store page. You can do this too. If you want listener, if you're at your computer for some reason <laughs> listening at your computer, I want you to look at the very first screenshot on the store page, which is bold of them, and tell me what's wrong with that screenshot. My, my steam is updating. Hold on. <laughs> oh, you're fine. I just those press for the listener at home. <laughs> they get a little extra time. I there guess they go. could pause it too. I mean, but um, you yeah. Can get, go go play through Spec Ops: and come back. <laughs> which this is a screenshot. This is in game. This is an in game screenshot. This isn't like a marketing screenshot. Yeah. Okay,
0: my my Steam is just not opening now. Of course, is this your plan? Is my life just a lie? Am I not real? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I've I've hacked Steam and I put a picture of you yeah, in there. It's, it's like a magic trick. Oh, here, so I think you can open this up. You can open this up in the web page. I think. Okay, yeah, here, man. You just open this. Let me open up. And see, because it might be like, hey, you're not, you're you're a baby infant. You yeah, can't look just at this. Go to, I just go scary. to like
0: 1912
1: and then I just do that. Okay. I'm 200 years old. All right, you see that first okay. screenshot? What's wrong yeah. with that screenshot? Is it it's the, okay to not see it. Is it the tarp? Is it the face? Do you know who's on whose face is that on that tarp?
0: Is it Walker's?
1: No, it's Conrad's face. Oh, okay. Because Walker's obsessed with him. That's how he died trying to get to him. Oh. And why would why would there be a giant banner I'm with Conrad's face? face? but it's it's okay it's so good because even in chapter one conrad's face is on shit on a one of one of the first buses you walk past has conrad's face just what right right on it like for no reason
0: this is all just walker's delusion uh, obsession with this mission
1: oh yes one of the things
0: i'll sorry go for it
1: i was just gonna say and to wrap that up into like a little bow remember the fade to white fade to black yeah uh motif do you know when the very first time the game fades to white no right before you take control of walker oh damn oh, <laughs> this, this crazy, the game crazy. says special thanks to or special guest guns versus kittens or whatever your gamer tag is just right. to throw you off you're like what is that about fade I... to white you're in control of walker <laughs> oh man that's wild oh, this game is
0: insane one of the other things the last thing i'll talk about before we jump into door next game is the other thing was with the video i was looking at they were talking about is how much you are descending in this game how there's no possible way like do you you started out that tall because where you start out it's just like you're at the on the ground level of dubai but you you continually like delve deeper and deeper almost like you're diving deeper into like Walker's subconscious but it's like there's no possible way that you could, you could descend this much in this
1: game. Like, there's no way. Oh, uh, that that reminds me also. I don't know why that reminded me. But um, uh, every single time an atrocity happens, there's a moral choice right after. And then atrocity, and then moral choice, and then atrocity, and moral choice. And there's a pattern. Oh, man. It's, 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 it's very... It's like Walker's torturing himself. That's crazy. Well, it's you really guys, cool. if, if you haven't
0: played... If you skip from like the beginning and then skip their whole conversation to right now, if you haven't played Spec Ops The Line, honestly, I would go recommend it. After playing through it, after just... It's one of those games, and if you listen to our uh, Kentucky Route Zero episode on Play Along Podcast, it just creates this discussion within the community. And I think that's one of the best things with video games, is that they can create this kind of almost discourse and almost this kind of conversation and have that conversation continuously going on where people are speculating and people are like hypothesizing and there's, there's conspiracy theories that come out of it. That's almost kind of like the best possible outcome. Even if you go to this and you don't enjoy the gameplay, the story, the, the, the narrative they build, the point they're trying to make with all of this is almost a commentary on military shooters in general, how they're kind of almost almost watering down what it means to experience this is It's incredible. So go, I would recommend after playing it that you guys should play it's back off the line.
1: Oh, and the, one of the most important things is that uh, the whole time you're shooting Americans. I don't know if like we even brought that up. Yep. The
0: the entire time they're (coughs) Americans soldiers that you're killing.
1: I was absolutely, even as a, even when I was younger, when I played this close to when it first came out, I was like, Holy fuck. Did I just shoot an American? And they're like (laughs) self-defense Yeah, and he's exactly. like doesn't make me feel bad and then walker's like it's not supposed to you know what i mean but oh, i'm like man. and then you just continue to kill them i'm like
0: yeah this is uh, insane it's great I'm going in this climate i'm gonna go watch more conspiracy theory videos about it after this did uh, kai watch you play
1: yeah a little bit he watched me play a little bit yeah did he watch did he did he spoil anything for himself nope you should he, make you should make him play it and then record it like just on your phone just record right. his reaction to the willie pete scene and then the end it's just funny. see how
0: he think how he goes through it it's funny because like reflecting back and thinking about it now i think he only came into like like beginning parts and then like parts that were very like stereotypically <laughs> like military shooter kind of thing because he always came in and he was like what is this game and i was like i don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) So I'm hoping it changes. Exactly. (laughs) Going from one emotional travesty to the other, another game that handles this really well, a game that I recommended for you to play was Hellblade with Sacrifice. Blade is a kind of third person action adventure game uh, developed by Ninja Theory, and it's kind of set in this dark fantasy world, and it's inspired by kind of like Norse and Celtic mythology. Um, I played this game a couple years ago, I think like 2019, 2020. Uh, I mean if I had played spec us the line at that point I probably would have classified these in the same uh kind of genre but I was like this is the first game that I had ever played that like tackled mental health so well at least in my opinion the, the your main character struggles with schizophrenia, anxiety, depression and what better game to play that goes hand in hand and spec Ops: the lion than this game oh yeah uh, it was wonderful yeah but <laughs> but nave tell me a little bit of how you how you felt about hellblade
1: i i had a lot of really mixed feelings i was like a pendulum in an earthquake yeah, with this game it was it was very interesting experience for me for sure like the i think one of the things i wrote down because i have like a bunch of written notes i don't know if we got that in. i don't know if we got that in the recording but i had like i had a stream of consciousness notepad right next to me every time i had a thought i just start writing things down Mm. and on the on like the third the second page i got really emotional Mm. and then just kind of started journaling (laughs) actually and then had to and then i had to stop playing the game because the game Mm. overwhelmed me so badly with yeah. like the with the themes, did you play with headphones on? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I that's, wasn't gonna blaspheme.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of like when they when the game starts up, they kind of recommend you to do that because I mean, if anybody that struggles with any of these things, whether it's anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, I think, I, well, I mean, this comes from someone that doesn't necessarily have all those. I have anxiety and everything like that, but just when you have headphones on and just the feeling of these voices that are talking to Senua the entire time, some telling her to positive things so i'm telling her turn around go back don't do this it almost kind of like i feel like at times some of us have this voice in our head and i think wearing headphones and having that experience really does a good job of kind of portraying that too
1: yeah and um i i suffer from really really bad depression and yeah. my dad actually has schizophrenia so oh, i'm actually wow. like i'm actually like in the ballpark of developing that so, so th- that what- kind of Really shook me a little bit whenever right. I was playing this game, which is mostly what made me have to slow down after. The, I I really went through like half the game in one sitting, and it was just way too much. I didn't realize wow, how much stress crazy. I was under. That,
0: that's such an interesting perspective. Now I want to know more about how you felt about this game, because like I said, yeah. it
1: does a good job.
0: It feels real. I mean, in Hellblade specifically, in this world, she she refers to her voices and everything as like the darkness and everybody believes that she's been cursed and she's like the reason for the plague and everything but there's so much self-deprecating mentality with herself you know she beats herself up a lot she feels like she sees things she feels like she's going crazy and i feel like again that's very human mentality to have
1: yeah it's really it will especially the uh The self-loathing thing. Yeah, me and my dad suffer from that quite a bit. Like, my dad is, like, this really bolsterous person, but he has, like, absolutely no Mm, (laughs) self-esteem. It feels like uh, he needs a lot of validation. And it's not the same as in this game, obviously, but it's... This game is... A, it's as much a figurative story as it is a literal story. Yeah. Not not that it actually have I mean like at the, at the are the things in front of happening in front of you, the things that are actually happening. Right. I mean yes and no. The same with spec ops. The I I'm always more inclined to like look at the 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 literary meaning of things right. more than I am. Oh, I can already feel myself getting upset. <laughs> more than <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. But that's a, like,
0: good dude. If you need to take a break just let me know.
1: The What was I saying? Uh, the I, I try to look at the literary meaning of things and right. the the some of the conversations that Sinoa has with the one of the first characters. Who who is that guy, by the way, before oh, you bro, uh there's a the the guy when you open that one one of that first door mm-hmm. before you fight the two boss the first two bosses, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's the guy who wants to go and kill the gods. He's yeah. like he's a recurring character, but the way the things that he talks about, um, they really clued me in as to truth. Truth that sounds right. I didn't write his name because I didn't, I didn't know how to spell anyone's name, so I just didn't write anyone's <laughs> name. It's
0: all it's all good. We I, I know the character you're talking about, but I can't think of his
1: name. It's been a hot second since I
0: jumped back into the Sandoa.
1: Yeah, I'm sure people know who I'm talking about, but yeah. um, that guy, uh. The, the, some of the things that he talks about really clued me in on how this game was going to turn out. Like, I, yeah. I essentially knew everything before beating the second boss. I was like, like how I, was I didn't know, it. but I was like, in my head, I, there was a way that I imagined, and it was essentially exactly how it played out, which I did not expect at all. Because yeah. the way I thought about it playing out seemed very anti anti I, I all like, the only way I could say is anti Marvel you know it's like yeah. you know how Marvel <laughs> movies always end up just happy at the end And it another another anti- not
0: very happy ending from from a from a game
1: it would take a lot of effort and like grief to yeah. go through with it's like effort grief misery like a whole bunch of of hard uh yeah hard uh, emotions to grapple with, to get to the point where I thought the game was going to get to Mm -hmm. God damn it. And it it did. So, I mean, I keep myself together. No, you're good. Even if
0: you're someone that doesn't struggle with these kind of things, whether you're someone that can't really comprehend that mentality, this game does a really good job of making you feel that way right from the very start. And I didn't know this going into playing it. There's almost, and I I know it. I watched a review when it first came out and it said there was like, people didn't know if it was actually real or not, but there's like a permadeath method uh, mentality in this game, where if Senua dies a certain amount of times, she <laughs> will succumb to this darkness and you'll have to restart. I don't know if that's a thing because the entire time I tried my damn best <laughs> to not die because I didn't want that to happen, but I didn't know that going in. And another game where if you're not presented with the knowledge going forward, it, it changes your experience because that made me even if it wasn't, tr- it was true or not. Them telling me that in the beginning made me anxious the entire game. Every single <laughs> yeah. boss fight I got into, every single encounter I had with any kind of enemy stressed me out. Again, it was it was there was times where I had to like put the controller down, like my hands were sweating and I was I was anxious. Like same with you, like I had to take breaks from this because it was such kind of it was such a visceral experience that it was. Like, I don't know. They did they did such a good job with this game and 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 portraying all of everything that Senua was going through for every battle won a greater battle takes its place and so it goes until we fall and in the end we all fall
1: While we're on the topic of the combat, um, because I did, I wrote down really early on that Mm -hmm. I wrote this game is really stressing me out. And it was, there was a lot of like, I just, I I don't want to say like static because it sounds like bad, but like there is so much overload, like stimulation overload. That's a good way to, like when you're in combat, there is like, screaming sound there's like you have all all the visuals the
0: visuals the enemies that are attacking you you again you have those whispers in your head that are continuously happening through these boss fights which is very distracting
1: yeah it's it's not fun at all and i think that's why it's supposed it's supposed to be like that i mean the combat is fine Um, It's not my type of combat, but especially for someone like me, who's not great at the parry style of combat. I'm more of a Dark Souls, be a fatty with the big fatty shield, block everything. Um, You can't block everything in this game. You're going to have to parry stuff. Right. And And if
0: you're not good at that, that adds to the frustration
1: yeah but it also adds to the panic and you know sinua is panicking all right like she, you're it's it's really doing a good job of using the mechanics of the game to relay the message of the game yeah. like push the, push forward the idea that sinua is very vulnerable mm. and i appreciate it on that front i just wish i didn't have to restart when i died <laughs> which yeah, speaking died. of death um, do you remember how often you died because my answer is actually pretty surprising I don't
0: I never got the full like game over screen start over. So I don't I, I don't remember how many times I actually died. I know you can die a certain amount of times. I don't know how many times I did die, but I never had to restart the game.
1: Um I actually did not die until i did i didn't die for oh, until over halfway through the game for the first time and it was wow. to a scripted event where oh. i didn't know i would so there's like a there's like a trial where you're running away from a burning lady and you're oh, like yep, running around yep. collecting the runes yeah. um i i was like oh don't touch that and i ran over and i collected a rune and i started texting real quick and then i died because i wasn't moving oh, and i was like yeah. and i didn't even know it was the death screen until she was like my hand you know and i was like oh shit i just died oh no that's the other
0: thing like we talked about with the spec ops that you could see kind of visually the the descent of uh walker with sandawa's arm you can kind of see the darkness slowly like when you die you see her arm turn this charred black color the more and more you die you see the darkness starting to consume her more and more
1: really fucking awesome that is such an awesome mechanic i love stuff like that And it's, it's wild how like
0: similar these two games are, because again, even if you're not like a fan of the combat, the combat's almost, I mean, I think in this instance, the combat is important because it adds to the stress, but it's almost like not the main point that they're trying to relay. They're trying to take you through the story and have you feel the things that Senua is feeling. She's trying to go on this, this journey and all the frustrations and struggles and, you know, insanity that she feels along the way they want the player to also feel all of those things as well
1: yeah which i wrote after the so i wrote the first boss i was like first boss super pushover i backtrack (laughs) after the boss fight and everything's green yeah and i was like i thought that was really cool like all of the vegetation was back Hmm. then i beat the second boss i was like i still haven't died lol and then i wrote really good boss design though oh oh, the character designs
0: for like the bosses were cool
1: yeah, I was having fun, like, fighting the bosses, at least. I don't remember which one it was, but there's, like, the crow-looking guy that like, throws, like, the two scythes,
0: Like, they'll spin around and kind of have to dodge them. I don't remember which, what he was called or anything, but he was really fun to fight.
1: Which, I don't know if you can see this piece of paper, but it's fucking got oh. tear stains on it and shit. As I was writing, I was, like, fucking, I was not having a good time when that, I was writing that one.
0: That's such, like, like I said, that's such an interesting perspective, though, to, like have to step away from this game and everything because it's a lot. It's a lot for someone like I said with me that doesn't struggle with a lot of these things, but damn they did yeah, a good job. Yeah, I didn't
1: think honestly I didn't think whenever I first started playing it, it like if if there if this game didn't have the some of the random characters talking and giving their different perspectives, I don't know if this game would have affected me nearly as much. Yeah. If it was just sinuous suffering, which happens a lot, which I I have a I have a problem with too. It's like the same reason why I don't like Tomb Raider because it's like it it almost borderlines onto like misery porn, how much sinew is getting like physically tortured and I and there's no like relief ever like you don't ever get the like okay oh, she's gonna be okay you know no, no until she, like the very end it's like you s- have to go through the whole thing
0: no senua goes through it the entire game like there's no breaks for her she's constantly being and again that's a good commentary because for a lot of people there is no breaks like th- yeah that is life you go through that over and over and over again and you don't have like a, a a spark of hope or you don't have a light to kind of like catch your breath or anything like that like that is the entire existence and it's learning to like live with that.
1: Yeah. And that was the one thing that I was worried about when I was playing through this game was the way that I, there's only one real way I wanted the game to end. And if it didn't end that way, then I was going to be coming into this episode really disappointed in this game. And, <laughs> and, uh, but it ended up ending exactly how I wanted it to end, which mm-hmm. I couldn't have been more surprised, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the way that the way the things that these guys talk about, especially what was his name, Truth, Dr- you said, Druth, yeah. I think it is Truth, that's probably right. He's but kind some of one of the, of the main things, voices you hear throughout the game. I think he's one of the main reasons why Sinua is on her journey makes it yeah. makes it as far as she does, honestly, because the way that Sinua reacts to a lot of these things is pretty indicative of somebody who self-loathes, you know. And like the things that he says to her, like one of the things I wrote down was uh, you can't overcome suffering if you refuse to look at it. And that wow. it sounds like a fortune cookie, like obvious thing. But like whenever you everyone avoids something, you know, no one and, wants to suffer. And if and in order to in order to overcome grief, you have to stare it in the face and understand why you're grieving Yeah. and that is the whole story of this game is her trying to overcome the grief and at first i wrote in here i, I think sinew is wrong i think sinew is gonna die mm. and let's and that was after the second boss when because yeah. the whole game she's trying to bring back her her boyfriend yeah and i'm like Bro, I'm like, move the on. way this is going, it's not going to work, obviously, and the more yeah. she pursues it, the worse it's going to get for her, and of course that's exactly what happens in this game. I mean, yeah. it's really, it, it's, it's, you you said before it was based on mythology, and a lot of mythology is very psychological, it's actually oh, brilliant stuff, and it, I it's very, very, very rooted in yeah in in the mythology because i, I mean it's it was, all the mythology is all about this shit yeah
0: i mean that was obviously before time or any of that was evened and explored science i mean it wasn't until just recently like last hundred years or so that we didn't think people like that were demonic crazed monsters you know it wasn't until just and we're still we're still learning to deal with people with uh, like uh, mental issues and everything like that. Like that's still a struggle that we have in our society today. So going back to like a primitive world where, you know, imagination and everything and the unexplained are so terrifying that someone says they see monsters, you believe them, and they must be cursed, and they must be taken out or banished from the other people to stop that from spreading to someone else. You know, you don't have an understanding of what's going on with this individual. And if you don't have an understanding on something, usually the first human reaction is to get rid of it.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I, it makes me wonder what the second game is going to be about because... Yeah. Oh, my very first note of the whole fucking game, like one of the first lines is verbatim, "Uh, there will be no stories after this one. Mm. And uh, the sequel's coming out pretty soon, so... Yeah. Well, it also like, begs the question... There is a story after this one. <laughs> right,
0: right. It begs the question, like you were talking about with this, with Senna specifically like what her troubles and her resistances some of them that she sees is real and some of them are just an illusion in her own mind and what's the difference between those two things and with again celtic and norse mythology we do get a lot of like those monsters and everything like that but some of her monsters are real and some of her monsters aren't i don't know if you've seen any of like the advertisement for senwa saga the sequel but like they're fighting giants and they're fighting all these things and it's it's wondering how much of that stuff is real and how much of that stuff isn't
1: yeah, I'm kind of on a uh, a media. What is it? A media cleanse. Don't watch any. Well, no, from just from Sinuous the the sequel because I kind of just mm. want to right into it. I don't want. I watched a little bit of it uh, on accident, look, looking through trailers that was on some. Was it E3? Did yeah. it show up? I don't remember. Yeah, I think
0: it was when like the Series X or something got released. I know that they were like, oh, this is like a big game that's coming out, and it was like, oh, this is really gonna showcase the technology because it looks fucking. Beautiful, like the game looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think there's only been those uh, like a couple or a handful of trailers. I think they showed one recently that was gameplay, and Jesus, I am excited to jump back into. Well, I'm excited and not excited at the same time. It's an interesting feeling.
1: So, at the at the point on my notes, I'm starting to die a lot, mm-hmm. and um, so I got through quite a long period of this game without dying a single time and i would yeah. die like once and then continue to not die for like another hour but yeah. i would keep apparently this game is an adaptive difficulty which mm-hmm. is what my friend over at the game together podcast philip he told me and i was like well that makes a lot of sense because the better you do, the i would harder go yeah <laughs> i would get like the uh i would go forever without really getting hit and then i would get hit once and die instantly and i'm like okay like that's pretty cool and then that would happen to me repeatedly like i would either get two shot or one shot just after a long period of just beating their asses and so it's just like well yeah oh well yeah this
0: game's wild and just like going into like like the ending too where you're fighting hella the kind of the last boss here and she's just like throwing wave after wave of enemies at you and just like thinking about that and in, in, like in less literal and more of like a psychological instance. It's just like, yeah, like there, there there's times in that like it, towards the ending where it seems like Sen was like on her last leg, like she's struggling to get where she needs to go and, and, and just having constant beratement of just like all your struggles and all your stresses and all your anxieties thrown at you in this very physical form is, is wild.
1: Yeah. And that, that end that end uh gauntlet you have to go through um, it's a a doozy i very quickly realized that you can't die until the last one yeah yeah and so (laughs) um the the, the very first one you fight a bunch of regular enemies and then the second one's a boss gauntlet i beat all the enemies normally i was like whatever and then the second one i got one shot by the boss and it dropped me down and then i instantly got back up and i was like what i don't maybe i just pressed the button fast and then i got hit yeah. again eventually instantly got back up and i was like hmm and i just let them hit me over and over and i was yeah. like i don't think it's going to let me die no and then i went into that last fight thinking that i wouldn't die but i was still like going ham i was like oh cool yeah, normal enemies yeah, yeah. i went ham and uh, i ended up getting one tapped in the back by a uh, big boy Mm-hmm. because it was one of those situations where you parry and then right after you parry, like you're getting hit again yep. and you have to parry again. But I was already mid swing yeah. and I got hit yeah. right in the back of the head and died. And I was just like, I yeah. thought I couldn't die, whatever. And but then lulling the game you ended...
0: into a false sense of security is, is wild with the ending of this.
1: Yeah. Which um, did you, what did you think about the ending? Because I think I already said I I really liked it a couple of times. Yeah.
0: I I enjoy I mean I enjoyed my entire experience with this game, you know. I think that it it did everything that it came out to do and just the fact that like Senua coming to terms with like not being able I think Dylan was the person that she was like her significant other. I think that was his name. Dillian or something like that.
1: Dillian, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh coming to terms. never get used to that name. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. But um that was her entire purpose, like in this game, was to bring this her individual back to life. I, I think it's—is it his head that she's carrying around? Whose head is it? Is it his? It is his head. Yeah. Yeah. She's carrying around his head to almost like reincarnate this this love that she had and coming to the end and coming to terms with that she can't do that and has to live with the fact that that's that that she can't do that. It was is crazy. I think that for a lot of people, it takes a lot to get to that point. You know, I myself haven't really lost a loved one close to me i mean but um coming to terms with that kind of stuff i think takes an incredible journey like to be able to come to terms with you know loss of a loved
1: one is is a mission um so i'm gonna read the thing that i wrote yeah um after i beat cert is that the fire boy uh he was the second guy i beat and this is whenever i was really starting to fucking feel the stress I think I think yeah but um this is tell me this isn't how the game ends <laughs> all right guess I swear it's in the middle it's right here and this is my other page like I wrote it right after I beat cert because of what's his name talking to me yeah and truth So I wrote, building upon those who ventured into the chaotic darkness, using knowledge of flawed souls to confront your own. When you stare into the void, your shadow always stares back. When your world falls apart, your past self must die so that your present self may survive. The severance from reality that bereavement inflicts, leaving an echo of disassociation and numbness on you. That's wild. That's crazy. I literally predicted, like I wasn't even trying to predict it. I was just like, this is the information I'm getting that she has to die, which happens in order to be reborn, which is what happens whenever you go through grief. If you think about it in like the most literal sense, like you're, you physically and emotionally change forever the person who you were before is dead. the world that existed before is dead right like that is kind of the mentality that you have to go through when you experience extreme amounts of grief and loss and in order to in order to god i'm getting sad again um get get better (laughs) i don't know uh you have to you have to really sit with yourself for a very long time. And I think one yeah. of my favorite parts of the whole game is right before Sinua dies. Mm. And w- and I was sitting there going, please die, please die, please die. <laughs> Not that I wanted her to die, but, but you know, all, she, that's what she needed. Yeah. Because hell was like just staring at her and she's screaming. She goes through all five stages of grief, fucking rapid fire. Right. Right before she gets killed. Right. Yeah. She goes through the, the denial, the bargaining, the, all of it you know Mm. depression at first it's depression she goes through in a weird order because it's depression at first then it's denial then bargaining then uh i can't name the stages of grief apparently acceptance
0: is one of them
1: well acceptance was the very end because that's when she got killed because she was like because she was crying then Mm. she started laughing from denial then she started bargaining Mm. well no there's one in the middle what did she do before she started bargaining oh god i don't know i can't think of this five stages of grief but (sighs) it's really cool it's really cool stuff and as soon as i realized she was doing the five stages of grief i was like death time it's time to die (laughs) and but there was the thing i was like at the very end when she died i was like okay there's one of two ways that this game can go she is either hella now or Mm -hmm she is dead dead and this game is just misery porn which i don't think it's she's dead dead because yeah it's uh it's it's got a sequel coming which may or may not be a prequel i don't know so i didn't know for sure but the and i didn't think like hella specifically i think hella was a manifestation of her yeah i think it was a manifestation of her mother i think that uh, she was suffering not only with the loss of her mother, but she was suffering. I don't think that that, that happens all the time in the game. But yeah. she lost her mother and she lost her uh, her uh, estranged, her bereaved. Right. I don't know what to call him, her boyfriend. But she lost both of them, and she's struggling with both of those losses, like pretty seriously. And in, in going through this horrible journey, she finally comes to accept. The way that life is and whenever that head of whenever hell takes the head Mm. and walks to the edge and drops Drops it in the floor or drops it off of the ledge right and the camera pans up and it's sinua i legit started sobbing because
0: it's her it's her
1: it felt so good yeah coming to
0: terms with that
1: it was it was executed most excellent man it was fucking
0: great i mean the the cinematography in this game and we talked about voice acting and spec ops but i mean the main let me look up her name real quick uh i have it on here oh she killed it melina jurgens i think is her name but if you ever look at because with a lot of the advertising for hellblade they showed a lot of like the mocap that she did and just like facial expressions and emotions that she portrayed are absolutely insane like she fucking kills it she does such a good job in this role she understands it so well that it's just like it's incredible
1: and it's so important too that those those aspects have to be absolutely nailed otherwise you enter the uncanny and you can't do that when you're approaching something really serious like Like mental illness in a serious like this is a hyper serious game i don't know if you could tell by how a lot less (laughs) enthusiastic i am than i was when i was talking about spec ops the line because spec ops line has a lot of levity you know they're like uh there's an insurgency in my underpants in right exactly like, taking up the chain corporal and like, yeah, all right, exactly. there's fine. a lot of
0: that it, it, it's serious all the way through there's like like you were saying there's ne- there's not a break in this game like with with, with yeah. spec ops the line you go through a lot of i think unintentionally you're going through a lot of trauma until like certain points, obviously, but there's a lot of like comic relief sprinkled in between there, like between the two where it's like very classic, like 2012, like character interactions with one another, but in with <laughs> sacrifice, you, you don't get any of that. There's no comedic relief. It's a very serious game. It knows what it wants and it knows what it's talking about. And I think that the intention isn't breaks because again, Sinwa doesn't get anything. She's constantly being beaten down by the literal and physical manifestations of her journey of her stress whether it's like individuals she meets or the uh, embodiment of her anxieties that she creates in her own head
1: yeah that's one of my notes I put was I wrote this game is a pendulum between profundity and misery porn I think I already used that little phrase already so it's less funny now but (laughs) um I there there were moments where I was completely jarred out of the experience just because they were hurting her a little too much. I'm like, yeah, we. I, I'm like, I understand she's hurting. I just why I, why do I have to see it all the time? Like it's like uh, sex scenes in movies or games. I'm just like, yeah. OK, I get it. They banged. And then yeah. can we just like go to the, the next part? Did I don't want to watch. Did you the... bring
0: up you brought up Tomb Raider, right? Were you talking specifically about like the death animations in the Tomb Raider games, like the reboot Tomb
1: Raiders? well not really that more gotcha. well i've only played the first one but okay. Laura's getting fucking roughed up all oh, the no. time like all- she's constantly. always falling always slamming into stuff always like go- falling into the bloody water and stuff yeah. and like whining and like moving through things and it's yeah. like if there were like moments of levity i wouldn't mind like uncharted is fine because there's constant like humor happening oh yeah like he's getting slammed into things and then he's like oh damn that sucked you know and i'm exactly. like oh all right he's fine look yeah. at that you know it's like looney tunes wouldn't be funny if when elmer Fudd got hit in the head by the frying pan his brain started coming out <laughs> of his ear you know maybe that'd be a little funny but it's like but no right it, it, it's, it's it's the mentality of like if you watch like a
0: sitcom and you take up the laugh track of how eerie those things are it's it's the oh, same it feels so weird yeah it's the same thing with senua it's just like she's constantly getting beaten down and i think the difference between something like uncharted with its actual humor and like tomb raider is like you are saying there are those breaks between it like it seems like oh yeah she gets up and she shakes it off and she's like cool i'm good let's keep going but it seems like Senua does like get up afterward and keeps going but it's like it seems harder for her every single time it happens it seems like it's a struggle to get back up after the thing that beat her down did every single time it happens to her
1: and I, I the first time Sinua dies when that uh, darkness mechanic is, in, is introduced yeah I was really uncomfortable like yeah. I was like what in the fuck is happening on my TV right now what's going on like w- well would you recommend
0: this game to someone playing it even though it has kind of like the uncomfortableness of it it's like even if someone that like myself that doesn't struggle with a lot of these things would recommend this to somebody
1: well yeah i i think that anyone who likes like third uh, third person action games could play this game and just not even notice a lot of this stuff going on i mean like there's the voices and stuff they'll be like okay you know schizophrenia and stuff but like it's used as much as a narrative driver uh, yeah. As it is used as a literal mechanic in the game, because yeah. you like the the voices that Sinua hears, and you know that by extension you hear will let you know when enemies are behind you and when they're attacking and when to block and stuff. So yeah, um, they'll also guide you. They'll show you the way. Uh, they'll they'll show you. They'll give you hints as to where you need to go and right. stuff like that.
0: And they're also distracting, like you said, during boss fights and everything, and having that distracting voice in your head every single time you're doing any kind of fight
1: yeah um which speaking of distracting voices whatever the fucking demon was oh like the deep sultry voice like guy that would talk i hated that guy so much (laughs) i don't know why but at first i was like oh look spooky demon voice and then i was like about an hour later i was like oh no this guy's staying for the whole game this this is here to stay I don't know. I kind of wish it was just a regular voice. It would have been creepier to me. I think it kind of just ripped me out every time I heard it.
0: It's because it feels so like I. I, I wasn't say intentionally like gloomy dreary demon man i, I think it's like uh, when you hear the voice if you've heard the voice before you're like oh yeah like that that's a voice you've heard in many other portrays of like a big guy being a
1: demon and it's like yeah i've heard, I heard their voice before but... i was about to try and do it and i was like no there's no way i can get my voice that though but he's like <laughs> he's and he speaks in like poetry too he's like yeah if you reach the light then you will have to fight <laughs> i don't know i'm like it's fucking that's, it's not great that's some be- that's some beautiful poetry right there because every time i have this problem too it's like every time where i would hear something like that i'd be like oh yeah i remember when this game was supposed to be super serious you know and now it sounds like a fucking saturday morning cartoon yeah like like, i don't know but like those are like kind of little nitpicks i mean because i the whole the reason they it would rip me out so hard is because i would get so in the zone yeah and then just anything that would take me out would just aggravate the living shit out of me yeah which you know is just it was only really that guy's voice and uh dying during combat and having to respawn far away yeah which is not fun
0: yeah yeah it's almost like those frustrations are like part of the game too like that that's why they implemented those in there i mean less with the with the annoying voices i mean i don't know if they could have predicted people not enjoying
1: them but maybe it was intentional i mean we have no way of actually knowing that oh i might also just you know i i have a taste yeah <laughs> i understand that as well like i might have been a little hard on tomb raider maybe i just like to be i just like to cope with comedy i don't know yeah maybe tomb raider is totally fine i'm just misremembering but <laughs> what did uh, you think about the the uh the puzzles in the game where you have to match oh, up yeah. the symbols we almost I, didn't even mention that oh yeah so
0: there's an interesting and it's not even just symbols but there's an interesting mechanic where to like progress in some areas you have to because the game is it's very it's a very linear game and it's set into like very individual kind of areas that you're in Uh, and to progress you'll sometimes have to go to a certain like height like jump on top of a hill or anything and then aim your camera to a certain way that lines up a symbol and that progresses you forward and that happens again with like there will be like a broken bridge and there will be like your distorted vision if you turn it a certain way like completes the bridge and then you can go across the bridge and everything Uh, i think that it was it was fine I think there was some of them that were frustrating that took me out of the experience or, or maybe it was, it added to it. I don't know. know, With this game, (laughs) I I have no idea, but I think there was some of them where they just like, it, 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 it stopped my, progression and it stopped my the momentum I had like you said it was almost I was so involved and I was so deep into it Where I got to these things where I was like trying to figure out forever how to like set it up and then I like aligned it right but it still didn't work And I had to move my camera a little bit more to get that very specific <laughs> spot I think that was frustrating and and kind of pulled me out but even thinking about it in retrospect now I think I think any kind of mechanic adding to the frustration just builds upon what they were trying to express in the first place with the game
1: yeah, I'm incredibly excited about the the sequel because there's oh, a lot yeah. of potential. Was it but even on the, your radar
0: before you played this? The
1: sequel, yeah, because yeah, I I did see, I saw it in like the the series X like showcase things, yeah, where it, you would see Sinuous face, and I'd just be like, "Holy I mean, shit, there's no, game, yeah, there's no way that yeah, game looks that good." Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, there's got that's got to be a trick. I don't know <laughs> what are you doing, but you doing um, to me? but yeah, those 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 uh puzzles I think are very interesting. Because at first I was kind of wondering why, you know, mm. like why this, like why did they fall on this? And then I remembered something like my dad was talking to me about, and that's that uh, which is which is true. that schizophrenic schizophrenics have this weird ability to just make patterns out of things, even when there's like absolutely nothing there. Interesting and especially like with abstract things or with like people or like just random events they can make uh they can just connect dots where there's no dots mm. and is that's exactly what sinu is doing is that she's looking at half of a tree branch and then she's lining it up with like a pole way in the for- in the background and it's making a y and now you've got the y rune yeah, and yeah. Y- you do that over and over again where you're just lining up two separate things or three things or like a hole in the wall standing mm. in a way to where it looks like a moon. It's like it, – I thought that that was super interesting. I just wondered what it had – I couldn't get over halfway because then it's like, okay, so the gates, what does that have to do with the gates? I don't know. I, yeah. I just was trying to find profound meaning in that. I thought I got pretty happy with connecting those dots, no mm. pun intended. But – uh, other than that, I couldn't figure anything out. I just thought it was really interesting as yeah. I was writing because that's one of the only notes I actually went back to and just kept adding on. Yeah, which I I was like, what are, I was like these symbol puzzles are really weird. What's the significance I wrote later? And then I was like, is it finding patterns that aren't there? And then and then that's all I got. Yeah, that's interesting as
0: as I that's interesting. And it, it, if you're listening and again, you're like, oh, I don't want to know about Hellblade. and I'll just skip their entire discussion that would be an interesting thing to do like take down a mental note of how you're feeling or how you feel about things as you progress through this game because I think that would be really cool to do because I, I, I think that with how the game's set up and with how I mean this game got a, like a ton of accolades when it came out and everything everyone yeah. seemed to really enjoy it um, but it seems like a lot of people connected with it in different ways and to kind of write those down and then go back and reflect on how you were feeling in that time and how you were feeling experiencing certain instances and maybe how those changed or how those deviated later in the game. Like it'd be cool to see that kind of progression. So that's super cool that you did that. I wish I would have done that when I played.
1: Yeah. I was nervous coming on and talking about two games, (laughs) especially one I have just played. So I was like, all right, well I better at least know what this game is then. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize I was going to write so much, but that's i didn't cool. even use most of it <laughs> yeah that's awesome because most of it's just like random sh- it's like i missed five runes damn it <laughs> <And> so like <laughs> who cares who cares what
0: i write that i think that's interesting though because it's just like i mean documenting more of your frustrations even if it's just like damn it i missed runes it's just like i think that's an important thing to add to like your own personal experience throughout the game your own personal yeah. journey delivering your metaphorical head to the ending which is the ending of this game i don't know know what the fuck i'm saying uh to the bottom of the river wherever exactly well nave thank you so much for coming on here thank you for recommending me spec ops i that is in my like top games of just that deal with subjects like this now it's like wow that was that was awesome toss Uh, it toss it everywhere tell everyone i'll tell (laughs) i'll tell everyone to play it well, guys, thanks for getting to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. As always, to follow us, Instagram and Twitter at Play Along Pod. Go follow us on good pods. Leave us a review. Nave always does a fantastic job commenting on our our good pods episodes. I always love seeing your comments; they're hilarious. Go on there. You can review on Spotify now, so go leave us some stars on there. Uh, but Nave, why don't you shout us shout out your podcast? Tell the people where they can find you guys.
1: We are uh, game together, gaming together at. Oh God, I'm screwing it up. We are at Game Together Pod at Twitter, and we we are Gaming Together Podcasts. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts at Apple, Spotify, wherever. Uh, good pods, like you said. We talk about co-op games. Um, uh, I don't think Philip has a Twitter. Oh, he runs the Facebook. Wow. We have a Facebook. I don't know what it's called. Probably Gaming Together co Podcasts. Also,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm scared of that site yeah it's it's terrifying but if you like hearing me and nave talk i was actually on a couple of your guys' shows i was on i think we did one on back from blood and then i did one you guys like an end of the year recap on games we were playing where i played the very illustrious uh impartial third judge on there so that was that was a lot of fun
1: oh yeah for sure if you like <laughs> if you like your episodes loosey-goosey listen to that one uh, <laughs> exactly. if you like them um kind of structured but still mostly loosey-goosey go listen to our back for blood episode because i'm kind <laughs> of hard to plan around and i'm actually surprised how we kept it together once we started getting serious yeah i know <laughs> so it was it was, cool. it was very structured.
0: i was i was expecting all the tangents but once we started getting into the weeds of it we're just like we're on we're on track we
1: did a good job yeah okay well, i'm not allowed to talk about games like spec ops on the co-op <laughs> podcast
0: <laughs> right uh, exactly exactly okay guys well we will see you next time with another episode of get wrecked thanks for listening Peace out, bye bye, goodbye.